0: Thanks so much for doing this. This is awesome.
1: No worries. I'm very, very excited.
0: Yeah, this is great. So for those of you who don't know uh, out there, don't know why we're doing this, it's it's because there's a festival that I had planned that you were going to be the guest at, right?
1: Yeah, I was gonna fly over. I was gonna. Uh, I was gonna stay uh, w- with you. I was gonna meet all, a whole bunch of new people and uh, reacquaint myself with the Paper Street Gang. And uh, believe me, I've been looking forward to it for a long time. Uh, it was and gonna be this, so great. This dang old virus uh, has closed and shut everything down. So my entire tour is off, as well as everything else. In the world as well, so uh, I'm trying not to feel any sort of uh, uh, self pity or anything. I know that a lot of people are suffering, but it was
0: something I was looking forward to, you know. Uh, uh, me so, too. I was yeah. looking forward to having it. I was like, it was like the thing on my calendar that was the most exciting thing, and now yeah. I have nothing on my calendar.
1: <laughs> I'm the same. And so you reached out and you said, "Hey, do you want to have some conversations about improv that we can share with people?" And I was like, "Yes, fuck yes! It's at least it's something that we can do because um, we would probably have these conversations anyway over the course of that week when we were sitting together, talking, drinking, playing board games and stuff like that." So I think it's a great idea.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's sort of what it is. It's not it's not as good as a festival, but it may well maybe maybe it's going to be better. Maybe this is like actually like a gift. <laughs> For like, oh, it's so much better than a festival. Is listening to the two of us talk about improv, <laughs> uh,
1: and this is something I haven't done a lot. apart from teaching and stuff like that. I, I haven't really kind of got on on in public forums and shared a lot of opinions about improv. So I'm
0: ready for a huge backlash. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I think I think people are going to love everything we say. No, no one's going to well, disagree. Cool. <laughs> no, no one in this community
1: would disagree with anyone. You're sad, motherfuckers.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so uh, we've got six episodes planned or six, six uh, conversations planned. Uh, and today the topic I thought would be fun to talk about was formats. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So just that general idea of formats. And then each episode we'll talk about something different. But that's what today is. Yeah, and I
1: guess uh, I gr- I grew up in theater sports. Like that was my exposure to improvisation. Uh, right through high school, I was on a theater sports team. I can still remember. I don't remember a lot about improv as an adult, but I can still remember that first laugh I got in a theatre sports game, um, and uh, and I was like, oh, this is this is something, you know. And as you know, as a as a class clown growing up and having teachers saying you'll never get anywhere making people laugh, you know, I didn't realize that there was a whole job that could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, my exposure was to improv was solely through theatre sports for. A long, long time. Uh, so short form games, hoop games, stuff like that for about four or five years, I think. Yeah, that's f- funny to too, because like
0: here in, uh, like I grew up in Vancouver and theater mm-hmm. sports is huge in Vancouver. So when I was in high school, first learning about improv, it was called theater sports. Yeah, yeah. It was it's like- wh- for me. Every Friday we do theater sports In in drama class And so we would do theater sports every Friday And it wasn't until I realized like way later Like uh, actually with the Canadian Improv Games This high school improv tournament we have here uh, I competed in that as well And that was the only first time there was ever a distinction Between like this is theater sports And this is improv And I was like whoa
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, as soon as I realised I could do more than just short form games, because always the the most fun I had in theatre sports games were ones that allowed me to go on for a bit and do some narrative, like narrative focus kind of, you know, parts of the formats or the longer rounds, you know, the the kind of open ended rounds or uh, and, and things like that. So I always kind of lean towards having a, a little bit more, a little bit of structure, but a little bit more freedom, you know, uh, even from just those kind of one minute, two minute, three minute games. I was always uh, excited about those kind of open rounds at the end where you could go for, you know, five or 10 minutes or something like that. And yeah. so those uh, kind of confines or, or that, I, I think it trained me to, to do a, a lot of uh, great improvisation and have a, a lot of skills to to use in the moment. But like kind of getting free of a format and realizing that you were reared in a certain way, and that there were so many different ways to improvise. Once you kind of escape that compound, if you like, uh, or or release yourself <laughs> from that format, um, then I was yeah, I was uh, super happy as a young improviser, going, "Holy shit, there's so much
0: more to this," you know. I like that you referred to it as a compound. Well, uh- I, I, yeah,
1: I think I think all I think all formats are, to be honest. Like, I, I and and I think. Everything from the Harold through theater sports if you doggedly do one thing you're essentially locking locking yourself off from from other opportunity I think I, I think there are people who stick their fences in the sand and say this is the way to improvise or the only way to improvise and uh, and and I feel like it is a compound I feel, uh, sometimes I feel yeah. like people use formats as a as a form of self-defense you know um or or a form of identity and they say that i'm an improviser but i only do this sure and, yeah. and i find that i find that a little frustrating
0: just for the person because there's so much yeah. more out there to do yeah, i remember so when i was in high school doing the uh, cig canadian improv games yep. there the uh, man who was running the uh, regional tournament here was Alistair Cook from Vancouver. Uh, I'm sure you've met him at some point. Yeah. And uh, he uh, later became a mentor of mine. He's great. But uh, he mentioned to me once in a workshop about a Herald. Uh, and we were doing like this Canadian Prof game similar to theater sports. He mentioned Herald and that it's like, yeah, you get one suggestion and you go for like 45 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Yuck is that possible and it just opened my eyes that was that was my moment of like epiphany of like yeah wait you mean all these structures and all these games and this idea that like you have to stop and get a suggestion and then do a scene and get another suggestion like all of that is not necessary and that improv is just go just make stuff up yeah Yeah, yeah that that blew my mind that opened me up to the whole whole world of improv yeah, and uh, me too. I
1: We have a, a friend, mentor, uh, Russell Fletcher is his name. He spent some time in the 90s over in, um, over in hang on a sec. My Chicago. My phone is ringing in Chicago, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hang on. I've got to
0: take this call, sorry. <laughs> okay, well, we'll edit this out. Or not. Cool, Maybe cool. we'll leave it in. <laughs> Maybe we'll leave this part in just to- uh, Hello, Jason just... speaking? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Good, thanks. How are you?
0: It doesn't seem to be important.
1: Uh, no, we'll have to cancel that. Sorry. Um, Yeah, she's not very well at the moment. So, yeah, we don't want
0: to. He's canceling okay, something, cool. I think, because of the COVID-19 thanks very much.
1: virus. Bye.
0: Not that he has it or anyone has it, but somebody's sick and so he can't like he can't go do the thing because he doesn't want to risk spreading germs. Hey, welcome back. Hey
1: everyone. Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, you can leave that in if you want. I was just canceling my daughter's <laughs> dental appointment tomorrow. <laughs> Good uh, idea. And I used the fear of virus to cancel an appointment that I can <laughs> no longer afford just because it was an easy out. So, I said my daughter was sick. She's not. But, you know, they're health professionals. So, what what are they going <laughs> to what are they going to do? I look like the good guy, but
0: I'm actually the bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. You were saying your mentor, your mentor guy who went Uh, to Chicago. Yep.
1: So I have a a friend of mine uh, who's a a mentor as well. Uh, Russell Fletcher is his name. He went uh, overseas in the kind of mid-90s when I was just coming out of university kind of in my uh, early 20s and had been doing pretty much exclusively theatre sports. And he brought the Harold Brack over uh, from from there into Melbourne much before – long before – Chicago style schools opened up here, and and, and stuff like that. And I, I had much of the same epiphany at that point. He would uh, he worked with a group of of young performers. I was lucky enough to be a part of that, and uh, and so my first experience of the Harold was was in the nineties, and it was it, it was the same thing. It was just like whoa, I've got all these this kind of space to run in. And in itself, there is still a lot of structure in 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 the Herald and stuff like that. And both you and I know now that, uh, I mean, I am speaking for myself, probably for you, that more, even more open improv is, is where we where we want to end up in, um, or where I, I prefer to be. Um, but uh, at the time, it was like a yeah, new horizons kind of opening up, and and uh, I am sure that that's probably true for many people who came up in one one dominant kind of format or one style, uh, and then they realize there's there's a whole kind of world of, of choices to be made out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh yeah, I, I, I definitely lean more towards open formats and open heralds and open open everything. I'm I'm with you on that.
1: And by uh, open heralds do you mean like without the structure of, of, of the Heralds? Um or Oh, yeah. So oh, that structure has to be there to be a herald. I mean, because that's an argument I've heard people have. Yeah. So this overheard. will get us.
0: This will get us into trouble. Yeah. Because I think the the the, the we, we call it a herald or a structured herald. Yeah. <laughs> so the structured herald being the the open one two three game one two three yeah three, yeah one, two, yeah three, uh, close right. Uh, that herald. That's what I refer to as a structured herald. I yes. rarely teach it. I don't even talk about it. Uh, yeah. I, I talk about it to, to talk about how I don't do that because <laughs> yes. a lot of people who have taking a class with me are like, they've read truth and comedy or something. or yeah. They've watched heralds on in, on YouTube from Chicago somewhere. Uh, and so I have to explain to them that we don't, that's, that's not a herald to me. Yeah. And so then we work on the much more open herald of there's an opening, there's a body and there's a closing. Yeah. Yeah. And a bunch of stuff in the middle.
1: A bunch of free stuff in the <laughs> yeah.
0: Sometimes there's games. Sometimes there's just scenes. Sometimes there's monologues. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so uh, my question to you is I've seen over the journey, and both of us have been improvising since uh, early 90s-ish,
0: around there. I think mid-90s for me, mid-90s. Yeah. I'm a little uh, younger than you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> just a, a whippersnapper. <laughs> <so. laughs>
1: And so uh I, I've seen uh I've seen the f I don't know I don't know. Format wars is the wrong way to to, to coin it, but I I've seen uh oh that's that's the right way to coin it is uh, formats become a commodity for for yeah. For people, so people trying to create either the next big thing or kind of marketing themselves off the back of a format, um, or or, or something like that, as the community has gotten more and more connected. Um, it's like, well, I've, I've got this format and I've got that format. And I, I'm I'm guilty of the same thing because that's kind of the way the world has gone is if you're shopping yourself around to a festival or or something like that, they often ask you to pitch formats or structures. Uh, and so there's been an incredible uh, amount of formats kind of, I feel like in the last five to ten years, just kind of rolling off the back of each other and and kind of, it's almost like a snake eating its tail it's got a little bit of this and a little bit of that and kind of uh original and kind of not and it's uh it's kind of it's kind of weird in the sense that people kind of put so much value on trying to come up with something that's really just an amalgamation of a bunch of other things
0: <laughs> yeah i uh, I totally uh see what you're saying that 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 trend I've noticed as well, and I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, I understand it. I know why people need to do it because you got to sell something. Yeah. But I've always I looked at it as formats are not the the thing I try and sell because mm-hmm. uh, to me a format is some rules that have been explained and yeah. the content is improvised by the improvisers performing the format. Right. So yeah. So it's like it's a weird thing to try to copyright. And it, it flashes me back to when I ran a theater sports show right out of high school and we had to get copyright like we had to pay theater sports for the the license to do yes. theater sports uh, and had to deal with all that and be like what this is r- crazy this is ridiculous <laughs> um but if theater sports i get it you're paying for the name you're paying for yeah. the brand yeah. the format itself you can do comedy sports in the states proves it like the format is just a format yeah but the name of theater sports is what you're paying for and so people are trying uh, and to in do France, that now, They have
1: match as well which is very similar kind yeah impro match you know, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so so like I understand the the selling the format name and brand, but the format itself is a weird thing to try to sell. Where like yeah. it's like, well, this is uh, or you you do a show and someone's like, oh, you were doing the so and so format that so and so made up in some yeah. place, and you're like, what? No, I was just doing a thing. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it resembled what they came up with because like it was a herald, except with a different opening. So yeah. I guess that's it. Um. Yeah. So the format wars I've definitely seen, and uh, I, I, uh, I assume you're asking me my opinion on it. I think I might have. Yeah. Given it, but yeah. <laughs> but, cool. Uh,
1: and yeah, I was I was asking your opinion on. it. So I guess we can talk a little bit about what we think a, a good format is and a bad format. Yeah, that like, was my question for you. Okay. Cool. Well, but, I, I can I can start, and I, I guess the, I mean. Broadly speaking, I'm not going to be naming formats here, uh, but bro- broadly speaking, and I, I think I in in the stuff I've created alone, I've covered off all of these bases as well, is that uh, I, I think a, a bad format is a format that restricts your ability to improvise because you're trying to remember how, how the format works when you're on yeah, stage. Sure. Uh, and yes, you may have had time to rehearse it or or get better at the format. But if you are concentrating more on hitting the marks and the beats and the tempo as prescribed by the the format, um, then you're not Leaving yourself or your players any room to improvise. So essentially, the format becomes a constraint and a safety net rather than a platform to improvise off of. So, as I learn that by making all of those mistakes, by making complex uh, um, uh, formats, and it's not to say good formats can't be complex, but they need to make room for people to improvise. Um, So, I try to think of a good improv format as a platform to jump off of uh, rather than a structure to stay within. So rather than yeah, a roadmap, nice. it's it's something that will free you at some point through it maybe a quarter of the way in, it may be at the very start, but there's all that room there. So you're not necessarily dictating what the content of the show is with the format. And I know... And I've done in the past when I've been trying to do genre formats or something like that where I'm like, well, this beat happens here and this beat story beat happens there. And so you get improvisers worried about hitting the beats rather than listening and, and going with any kind of flow that happens. So I, yeah. I, I guess for me a good format is something that is freeing for the improvisers that allows them space to work together rather than kind of shuts down their mind a little.
0: Yeah, I yeah, totally agree. The thing I the thing I've been thinking about, uh, I love your your reference of it's a platform to jump off of, not a, a structure to stay within. That's a nice yeah. way to think of it, because like to me, I think of it like a format is not, uh, it's it's a shape, right? It's something that gives form to yes, it. just shape, not. Not anything else. If it's giving you anything else, if it's giving you timing, if it's giving you like uh, mm-hmm. characters, if it's giving you choices that you have to make, then yep. it's it's starting to restrict you and put you into a box. Uh, and I've been in shows where the format was so complex that, that we had a set list, right? Like backstage. Yeah. yeah, And I, makes was, like, sure. and I was like, I feel like we're just doing a short form show, but we're yeah. passing it off as long form. And we're like, and, and I feel like I'm concealing so much from the audience in those types of formats. Yes. That yeah. It's, it's, it's a lie. I'm lying. I'm telling you I'm improvising, but look at all this fucking work we've done. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or, or had uh, done formats where like, I'm, I have to hold a cue card in my pocket that has the scenes written out on it, and yeah. I'm like, "This is too much. This is freaking me out." Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I,
1: And It it does freak me out when when I get you know you, you you generously get invited into someone's show and they they come with a folder of stuff for you, and and you're just like, "Oh, I thought we were improvising." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, with the explosion of of uh, of of board games and stuff like that or gaming that's happened recently stuff like mafia games uh i mean anything anything that seems to be a hit in pop pop culture two seconds later is an improv format yeah right (laughs) away Uh, away. that's been happening improv against humanity you know that that (laughs) kind of stuff like anything that uh is a thing becomes an improv thing almost right away and I've seen stuff like you know those werewolf uh, formats and stuff like that, which are fun games to play socially sure, and yeah. can be fun to watch. But you transplant that to a stage and you make the comp- the the format so complex that it sucks all of the joy out out of the show and leaves no room to improvise. You know,
0: yeah. And I know I, I just want to circle back to the thing you were saying earlier about the format. Uh... Wars? Is that what you call
1: that? Uh, uh No, I just, wars is probably <laughs> the wrong thing because it implies, you know, people are trying to to get get a, a war a format as a um what did I say commodity commodity yeah, as a
0: commodity yeah yeah the, the formattings. yes That's what we call it. <laughs> the time of the formattings. uh but the but uh, part I think part of that is fueled uh it, it, like one of the the thing we don't like about formats is fueled by the formatting the yes. fact that when you're when you want to be able to take a format to a festival you need to be able to tell them what that format is it needs to yeah. be distinct it needs to be different and so you start putting these rules and structures on it like i don't want to mention specific formats that you and i have both done together <laughs> yes. in a festival but I'm thinking about that one that we did together in that one festival at that time that had like a a like uh it had like an object gets introduced at one point there was like mm-hmm. a dance number that had to happen in the middle and there was all these different like rules that I felt like I had no idea like nobody knew what was going on because yeah. there was just too much going on. There and then there was like secret hidden information that got revealed to the audience at different times. Like there were so many rules yes. that I was like, this is not a format. This is like this is like a it's marathon a, that I have it's to, a to social run. experiment. <laughs> yeah. And so and I but I think that comes from this this wanting to be able to say, This is the format to change. Yeah. It's a it's a product. This is what it is. Instead of, and this is where uh, I might, maybe I'm going to pivot us out of this conversation for a second, but where I prefer to think of things as, as a show, like here's a show, this is a show that I do. Yes. It has a bit of a format to it. It has a bit of a a style maybe, or it has a bit of a, a theme or an idea that it's exploring, Mm-hmm. But it's no, but the format part of it is not very important. Like, like a uh, case in point, uh, the speakeasy for show that, that Missy and I do yes. where we do, uh, for those of you who don't know, we do improvised poetry and scene work and the format I can explain to you in one sentence, we alternate between improvised poems and improvised scenes. And that's it. We just go back yeah. and forth between the two. Sometimes we do double poems. Sometimes we do sing, like, like there's no other structure than that. Uh but every time we've done that show someone comes up to us invariably afterwards and says "Oh I love that format." Yeah. And I'm like, "What format? The fact that we <laughs> alternated between poems and scenes? I don't think that's what you mean to say. I think you mean to say, "What a beautiful you love show. The show." Yeah. <laughs> but 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 people are so obsessed with formats being what makes things good or bad. I really really like that definition between
1: uh, intending to put on a show and and the format itself because I, I think I, I see lots of people striving and struggling to come up w- with the format and they lose sight of the fact that it needs to be a show. And yeah. I've done it myself. I, I have uh, one of the most complex um, uh, formats that, that I teach is called How About This, which is a um, – uh, the name of my other podcast, for a cheap plug, that has nothing to do with this format, but uh, <laughs> but also um, it, it, the format, it, it it's complex because I was trying to explore a certain thing that I was seeing lacking in improv, and and uh, that thing was I'd see so many people completely just make do with I'd see average scenes I'd see people. I wanted to challenge the idea of yes and, and mm. so that was my proposal at the start of creating the most complex format i I have is and i I think people try to create complex formats like you were talking about before for the sake of them being complex, more complexity equals more interest um but i I think a format or a structure needs to do enough to help you with your stated goal for the show. So my stated goal for how about this was what if the improvisers weren't automatically in yes and mode? Hmm. What if they were discerning and only responded to uh, offers that really inspired them? Would we see different work on the stage? And so a lot of the structure and training around how about this is actually training people out of their impulse to just make do, uh, and and trying to get them to realize when something actually expi- inspires them, or when they're just kind of going into their into their default. Okay, well, I can do something with this. And is there a difference between the work there? So, um, and so, so- sorry
0: to interrupt, but that sounds super cool. Like a great starting point for a format. So where did you go wrong? Like how did you make it too complex? Well, it's it's
1: it's it's hard to it's it's hard to teach for one. Uh, uh, and and I made it a pitch and play format, which is the other part. So it takes a day to teach it, right? Sure. Uh, and and the pitch and play part is. Uh, and this is how I sell it as a show to the audience. I don't say I want the audio, uh, the improvisers to look inspired. I say to the audience, I want you to witness the moment of creativity because what happens is uh, there's six improvisers in the show typically and there's a chair downstage right. Uh, one of the improvisers goes into the chair and we sit the entire theatre in silence, just watching them sit. And I, I try to get the improviser to go there with nothing prepared. And then... As they sit there in silence, the audience can see them, like there's the incredible focus on this person, and the audience sees them have an idea, and I want them to go with the first idea that comes to them. And so then they, they open their eyes and clap and face the improviser standing on stage and say, how about this? And they pitch an idea for the start of the scene, something that's just come from nowhere. And if none of the improvisers are inspired, They don't step forward. They don't start playing the scene. And the person gets up from the chair and takes a bow in front of the audience who are going wild uh, and crazy for them for failing. So I was trying to reinforce that idea of happy failure. But I didn't want people to step into a scene that they weren't super inspired to start. Um, And so if they go, how about this, and people are inspired, the scene begins and that person in the chair Kind of becomes a directive for that particular scene, and so the structure is complex to teach. Uh, the show for the audience is let's witness uh, a thing and let's let's see if it fly or fails. Yeah. Um, and if it fails, you guys have to reward this person for even trying. You know, sure, yeah. Uh, and if it succeeds, then we're already off in a in a place of inspiration rather than a place of let's make do, and that's that's the kind of complexity. that's hard to tell an
0: improviser go against your instincts and also don't don't come with anything planned (laughs) well now that you've described it it doesn't sound uh too complex at all it sounds actually pretty straightforward like now that you've said it i'm like i i know if i was an audience watching that show and you didn't even explain the format to me after the first two people have gone in the chair i would know what the format is yeah, right, yeah, like I'd, I'd have figured it out by then uh, so that to me seems pretty simple pretty uh, uh, simple I'm going to put in quotation marks yeah. yeah. But like pretty pretty. N- n- not, not as complex a, sh- a show as I was talking about before with the one that we did no. that
1: time but I think the clarity, <laughs> the difference for me as, as a more experienced improviser uh, starting to create formats or, or come up with ideas is it's coming from a very different place, a younger me would try to do it for the sake of having a format or the yeah. sake of putting putting on a show or having a structure for a show where the older me sits back and says, what's the thing that I want? What's the idea that I want this format to support? Yeah. Um, what, how can I open my uh, uh, improvisers up to the area in, in which I want them to get them? So again, even though that's a complex uh, structure to... Um, uh, to explain and get people on board with once they're there, they can just jump off
0: and it's and it's all leading towards the goal that you had yeah. in mind when you made the format right yeah, and yeah. I
1: think that's real important for people is to have that stated goal. you don't want to just come up with it. what is it doing is it is it um is it uh, I mean we're going to talk about genre uh, later on in a in another podcast. But uh, I, th- I see a lot of genre, and you do a lot of genre, but I see a lot of genre stuff where the format is trying to re- replicate beats of that genre uh, yeah. rather than trusting the improvisers that they're going to, to do that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, I, and I ask myself, is that meeting the stated goal of, of putting on a genre Improv piece
0: Yeah, of course And you probably know? not Most cases Yeah Yeah so Like like it, to jump back to Speakeasy Like the goal with that show Is to To find the middle ground Between poetry And theater Like improv Perfect Poetry and improv theater And so as you watch the show The poems And the scene work Start to not Not connect Literally But the poetic language Starts bleeding Into the scene work And the scenes yeah. Become more poetic And then The, the So like and that's the goal of the whole show is that we get to walk this middle ground between poetry and, and, uh, and improv. Um, and that's all that, that goal is really more present than any format. And so I yeah. think that's the, to me, that's the, 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 when, when things start going from good to bad, if we're talking about what makes a format good or bad, yes, it gets good when there's a goal and a reason to do it. And, uh, and also it gets a... bad when there's just a bunch of format and no goal. Yeah
1: and and it's also something that you can always check back into like if you have that stated goal at the start i want to do this to uh, explore narrative or in this particular style or if i want to you know i have a show that that mixes the balance of, of poetic language and scene work that is a great mission statement to have as yeah. the bottom line and everything you you do in creating a format should check that balance like should be able to be checked against that and if it's not serving that throw it out find another way to do it so it's it's less full of structure and more full of of freedom and I've uh, I teach uh, a workshop uh, which is called the artist and the craft which is encouraging people to to do that Um, it's basically trying to identify get them firstly to identify what it is that they're inspired by in improv, yeah, and yeah. and 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 name that, and then go, okay, well, how can you then create that fuels that in you and 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 those around you, you know, yeah. Um, and I think that uh, I, I think that's thinking back over it because we spoke about doing these last week and and thinking back over this over the weekend. That's the biggest difference I've found in myself. I think is is creating for creating sake. And for looking cool or for having something uh, versus creating for a, a, a reason um, uh, uh, that uh, that I'm satisfied with,
0: you know? Yeah, no, of course. I, I think, um, I mean, not to tangent too much, but uh, like I do a workshop, finding your personal style is what I call mm-hmm. it. But it's about figuring out what kind of improv you want to do. Same Same yeah. thing. And that there's a lot of kinds of improv. What do you want to do? And also, why do you want to do improv? Why mm-hmm. are you up here doing this? Like it's a, it's a it sounds like such a simple question that everyone has an answer for, but yep. people forget. They just forget. They've been doing improv for so long that they forget to stop and check in and be like, wait, why do I like this? Yes, <laughs> and I'm going to build a format that like builds off of the things that I like and love about improv. Mm-hmm. Not oh, this would be a good idea for a format. No one's ever done it before. It's novel. It's new. It'll it'll surprise. Well, I shouldn't say the word novel. Hey, with this whole novel coronavirus <laughs> thing, but yeah. um, this new format that's gonna like be something. Or you see someone else's format and you say, oh, that'd be neat, except with blank. And then you start building formats for format's sake. And I think that's yeah. that's a yeah. I, I much prefer uh, what's like okay. Well, here's my other question for you, mm-hmm. which we've already basically answered. But I just want to see if there's <laughs> anything else you have to say. About, which is when when you're starting a format, when you're building mm-hmm. a format. Where do you start? What do you do next? Like, how do you build from that beginning point? So let's say you have that inspiration. Uh, I love, you know, uh, I love telling two-sentence stories. Hmm. Yeah. That's your inspiration. Now, how do you build a format out of that? What are your next steps?
1: Well, uh, firstly is uh, what, types of, uh, what types of improvisation will help su- will suit that idea? Cool. so is it short form is it long form is it structured is it free um uh, basically just kind of uh distilling the um that that idea like where does it fit on the improv spectrum i guess and yeah. where would it fit best um you know if we're talking about two sentence format then it's probably a short form thing maybe better <laughs> But you know, if it's we're a four-hour format. It's a four-hour yeah. format. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I do have one that is is a, a three, you know, two-three-hour format, which is uh, Fat City, which is the same kind of, yeah, the same kind of thing. And 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 that was me wanting to tackle a genre without without just replicating the genre. Yeah. Um, so what tools? are uh, available to you, what is already in existence in improv to, to help you um, work that, that thing. So uh, I think the first thing I'd do is one, write down what I want to get out of it and two, kind of fit feel out where it fits on the improv spectrum a little sure yeah that's uh, because good because that's going to give a hint towards structure now structure isn't format you know it's structure can be short form it can be longer form yeah um and so once you've got a, a hint of the structure that you're aiming with then it's easy to to build a, a format that's freeing uh in in that time you know if you yeah
0: there's a so randy dixon uh I don't know if he was the first to say it, but he's the one who said it to me, was the thing of building a format is you want to start with as few rules as possible. Yes. And then add rules when you need to, but only if the format needs it, not if you're just a bad improviser. Yes. Yes. If you can't do it (laughs) because you're not listening to each other, we don't need to make a rule that says we have to blah, 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 like just yep. listen to each other right like yeah. that's that's the randy approach that i've i've definitely take to heart when I'm building something. Yes,
1: yeah, so you and I have had the uh, absolute joy of working with Randy uh, for a long time now. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember when I first did one of his very elegant uh, formats, uh, Spoken, which is you know a ah, scene yeah. and then uh, a, a central scene that you, you see at the start of the show and then you follow the characters out into other scenes and then you see that central scene replayed a couple of times throughout the show. And, and because you've seen, you've got new context for the characters, that central scene takes on new meaning new subtext you know yeah and it's so uh, that i think seeing that something like that as a younger improviser was so inspiring uh and taught me so much about how freeing uh less structure is it can be a big idea but you don't have to suffocate that idea with with format structures with rules
0: yeah, yeah. And that's so like for me, like if, if, if say we were doing this ridiculous format of two sentence scenes, that's a bad yes. example. Let's, let's do, okay. So, <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll start, I'll do speakeasy. I'm, I'm going to talk you through how speakeasy came to be. Yeah. Let's do and it. And how bad it was at first and how better it got. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the inspiration was an improvised poetry show, like doing mm-hmm. improvised poems. And that's the inspiration for the show. And we want to find the way of, of, blending that with improv and then one of the tools we had uh that fit well with that was this idea of a remix which is uh i don't know if it actually ever became a format but stephen sim from winnipeg and i talked about it once Mm -hmm. and we did a workshop on it at an improv camp for high school kids (laughs) but it's like it's like you can start something new you can loop something that's already happened or you can continue something that had happened And those are the rules, right? It's very simple. And so we used these remix type tools, this looping, these ideas, uh, because they fit well with improvised poems. And then the first show we did was us just at microphones improvising poems for an hour. Right. And it was terrible. Well, I mean, it was fine. Like, it was fine, but it was just like too much the same everything. Mm -hmm. And through the first run of the show, we found that when we would break into scenes a little, because like between on the two different mics, because it helped kind of break up the monotony of poem 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 and they mm-hmm. would just naturally we would grad like find our way in conversations and so from there we were like okay let's put scenes into so mm-hmm. we'll do poems and then scenes and then that was basically it like that yeah. was it and then from there we just did that poems and scenes poems and scenes poems and scenes poems and then and then it was done and that was the format. Yeah. So like it started with that inferior very few rules and then in the end, I think we have less rules than we had at the beginning. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I, I I've found that with formats as well, uh, and and where you're just stripping stuff out, and and quite honestly, I think those are the best things. Like how little can you have in here for it to stand up and be a platform? Yeah, you know, uh, and a good solid platform. It doesn't have to be super wonky, but a good solid platform sure. for the show to jump off on how little structure can you have there to get there? Um, And uh, I mean, good talented improvisers are going to make a show sing when they've got the freedom to, to, to go, all right. uh, Okay. I get it. I get where we're coming from and I get where we're going to, you know, uh, or what we're shooting for. And so I think with that, it's yeah, you really get that, that freedom that they can fly any path to get there, you
0: know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh great sorry something just happened weird on my computer but I'm back. back I'm back I'm back um yeah I I agree let them sing and that's where I think I mean the the phrase that everyone has heard a million times I'm sure the tools not rules yes uh you want to give each other tools not rules so we like speakeasy's format being so simple there are a lot of different tools that we lean on heavily right like mm-hmm. like we use a lot of improvised poetry tools that and techniques that aren't part of the format, yes, right. But they're part of making that format sing, as you said, yeah. right? And like it's the it's the timbre of the voice, like it's the it's the way it mm-hmm. resonates. Where which is, I think, getting back to what makes a format good or bad. <laughs> like the format isn't good or bad necessarily uh, if the improvisers have the right tools and know how to play it, right? Like, yes, and, and yeah. know how to make it work. Because you could have the greatest format, right? Like let's take a let's take the structured herald. It's yep. been around forever. It's like it's the original long form. Like it's it's the format. And there are terrible heralds, and there are amazing heralds. Yeah, and the format doesn't make them one way or the other. Yeah, and I, I yeah, and that's the
1: truth for everything. Really, that's the truth for every format. <laughs> yeah, know. exactly. I've seen a delightful, amazing, electric theatre sports shows, and I have sure. seen the ab- absolute opposite as well. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so, theatre sports, a good example. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I 100% agree that, that, yeah, it's... it's, And I, I, and I think the flaw is that people get distracted practising the format and not the skills. They, yeah. get, they, they think that practising the format is practicing the skills that you need and it's not um and so people are try to that's what i mean i i i think you've articulated it well when people try to build those skills into the format so the format makes you practice those skills well but then you've got no room to go anywhere else yeah and so i i think it's important for people to to realize that the structure is just there to help you go to help you get started, to help you roll, and then you do lean on those skills, practice Those, I mean, we say this a lot in when we do corporate work with with general, uh, you know, with the GP going out into uh, corporate environments. Is that yes, we have some rules that that we follow, but and they're like, how do you come up with stuff so quickly? It's like, well, we just we practice, we practice (laughs) the skills that are needed, like a sports team, you know, like like a a football team or a soccer team or a, a ice hockey team in the moment you can't tell anyone how your brain says flick the puck like this at 30 miles an hour, you know, <laughs> it's just the practice that makes it better. Yeah. Um, and, and the structure is not going to make it any better. It's, it's practicing the skills that, that support that structure.
0: Uh, building those skills into the structure is not going to help anyone. Yeah. Like, so one of my, uh, favorite, uh, formats, structures that, uh, that we do, we do uh, at our festival, which isn't happening this year, uh, we do a show called uh, Rockets and Ravens, which is a Ray Bradbury, Edgar Allen Poe mashup. Beautiful. Because uh, of the late night shows, we do mashups. We do a Tarantino, Jane Austen as well. But right. the, the, the Poe-Bradbury mashup, the format is like, you, one at a time, improvisers come out and draw a title out of a book, read the title... And then say, who wrote it? So they'd read a title like uh, Martian Eclipse and say, by Ray Bradbury. And then Mm -hmm. they start narrating in a Ray Bradbury-esque type style. But of course, characters come out and say there's some Poe themes and and mood built into it. Uh, So the format, that's it. It's people coming out one at a time and drawing a title out of a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then within that, the skills that we're working on, like the, how to make, so, like all the style stuff of how to make something sound Poe or sound Bradbury and the types yeah. of stories that are told in those different genres. and trying to find that balance between all those, those skills that would make that show so good. Yeah. But even then, when we did it last year, uh, one of the improvisers who didn't know Poe except for the Raven and mm-hmm. had no idea who Bradbury was, but was in the show, <laughs> Understood the format, no problem, right? Yeah. Because uh, it was so easy. So, and then because she was a good improviser, she was just watching what we were doing. And yeah. then she was like, okay, yeah, I think I know what they're doing. And then uh-huh. at the end, she went out and narrated a story. And it was a perfect balance of Edgar Allan Poe and Ray Bradford. Like it was perfect beautiful. Because she has improv skills, she has yeah. the right skills, she knows how to listen. She knows how to pay attention. She knows how to use language and body to to create mood and 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 feeling. And she was watching what we were doing, and then she just did that. And I mm. was like, I was like, this is this is perfect. Like you do, like if you're a good improviser, you can take the, uh, uh, any format that's just mentioned to you, go on yeah. stage and do it. Right?
1: Yeah, if you have the right skills. Yeah, I 100, and that's why I think. You know, people uh, like courses train people for formats, not not for skills. Oftentimes, oh, uh, and and that's that's frustrating for me when when people get to a certain level and I go, oh, cool. So what what are you doing? They're like, no, we're just working on this format for now. You know, it's like, ah. Oh. Oh, and not all skills, particularly here, not all schools, particularly in here in Melbourne, do that. Uh, I know companies that particularly just focus on skills rather than than formats, um, which is is would be my preferred, you know, method of learning and particularly teaching as well. Um, you know, it it doesn't matter. You should be able to plug everything into everything. And, and, and if you're teaching just formats, as soon as you strip the format away, the anxiety of that improviser is through the roof because they're in unfamiliar territory, you know? Um, and, and, and they, they rather than open up and listen, they close up and and standing on their heels on the side of the stage, you know? Sure. Um, and so, yeah, it's reliance on, on that kind of teaching is, is, is frustrating. So, So let's shift us positive here
0: for a second. Yeah. Uh, What's your, what's your favorite thing about formats? Like, why do you love them? What do you love about them? Like when, when you go on stage to do a format that you've never done before, you're kind of excited. I wonder how this is going to go. I can't wait to try this. Like, what is it that makes you really excited about a format? And that, that makes you like, why, why do you even play them? Like, why do we even play formats?
1: My the thing that makes me most excited about uh, it's two pronged answer. The first thing is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it 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 puts the audience in and the improvisers into a circle of expectation. Yeah, so we great. all know, we all know where we are, what we're there to see. Um, even if you've come in just for an improv show and then the person comes out and explains the format right there and then to you or you might be coming in to watch that particular show and and know that in that instant in that moment once those boundaries have been described we're all in the same circle of expectation yeah that's great you're good no, i'm good i'm good <laughs> uh, yeah we're all in that same circle of expectation so that's one thing that I think is a a huge advantage to a format is it's if one, if one is easily explained then, uh, uh, and, and left to the audience, uh, then everyone is there and free to enjoy it to, to the maximum potential as an improviser stepping into a new format when I'm, um, yeah, when, when I'm at a festival or, or trying something for the first time, uh, I get excited by finding the room within those boundaries. Yeah. Um, by, by going, all right, how far can I push these boundaries? Where will they bend? Where will they break? Uh, where am I doing the format? A uh, good service. Where am I doing a disservice? And how am I going to connect with my fellow player throughout all of that as well? Yeah. So uh, uh, I think that circle of expectation thing from both sides is really good. It gives the audience and the, and the, and something they can buy into and, and, and have context for. And it gives the improviser something they can throw themselves into and find the room for. So you're not just walking down the center line you know, yeah. from point A to point B. Cool. And good formats for me are ones that allow that space. To be explored, ones that are very rigid or maze-like or go from point to point to point to point are the ones that frustrate me as an improviser because I can't come in and find that room to play. Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, and you, I, I mostly agree. Like the circle of expectations, I think is is uh, is a great way of putting that. Uh, I always say, like, when and when I teach like beginner classes, one of the things is like the great thing about improv is the audience and the performer in the same boat. Right, we both. Mm-hmm. We're both in the same place. Neither of us know what's going to happen. And I'm a huge fan. I know some people don't like to do this, but I am 100% on board of tell the audience the format. Some people like to just go, give us a word. And then they get a word and then they do this really complicated format domino type thing. That's like (laughs) all these different, like scene one, two, A, B. Uh, And and instead of telling the audience, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get a word. We're going to do like a a big, big opening together. We're going to do these little games so that they can be there with you. And when they, Mm -hmm. when they're watching you make something up, they can see the format and be like, Oh, that's he can't because he has to, and he's not allowed to. Uh, and so like, I like that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing I love about formats is the, uh, restriction that pushes me into a new place or a new direction. Yeah. So when I want to make a choice, uh, I have to make it with this in mind, right? So like, I think like, like a simple restriction, like even, um, everyone has to play the same character, right? If you have to play the same character for the whole show, you can't change characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, some people get frustrated with that. They're like, but I, but they needed a neighbor character to come in and tell them the thing. And it's like, well, no, they didn't need a neighbor character. Maybe they needed a thing there. So you have to find a way to make your character able to deliver that same thing. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so how can I make that uh, make an offer to push the story forward from this character's perspective? And that restriction to me is really fun. And that's yeah. where I have so much fun playing and trying to figure out like a puzzle. Like it's a, it's a, something I need to solve, uh, because I have this restriction on me and I love yeah. that. And then I, and then that's, I think where I end up. In stories that I would never think to tell. Like, yes. (laughs) Like, because I came in as a mailman in the first scene and now I have to be a mailman this whole time. Yeah. This story ends up being a mailman and somebody getting trapped by terrorists in a building. (laughs) And it's like, because I, (laughs) just because I totally forgot that I, I (laughs) fucking delivered a letter and now I'm stuck in this character. Uh, and then I need, but, but you end up in this really kind of new place that you're, you're, uh, your your creativity is, is 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 like kindled and 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 sparked bigger and made bigger into a big fire because of these restrictions. Yeah,
1: and that's that that's kind of what I mean as well with the um with those boundaries, you know, finding those boundaries or those yeah. restrictions and and really pushing them and see how we can how what room you can you can do there and how they push back and how that changes what you do. Oh um, yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it is a a I love I love rules for that. But mm-hmm. This is where I think we get back to what we said before too many rules and now I'm not improvising
1: yeah within now a rule. I'm remembering I'm rem- the I'm patterns. checking off a list yeah. I'm like
0: I'm like okay I got to do this and then I got to do this and I can't yeah. do that so I can't do- and I'm not playing anymore but if there's one or two let's say there's even three rules maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay yeah. I can still play here and I and not only do I play but I get to play this game like mm-hmm. ooh what's this game Uh, Like you and I are both board game fans. Yes. Uh, Right. And I love, I love board games. And again, I look at a game and I'm like, Hmm, how do, what do I have to do to achieve the goal in this game? Like, Oh, you're allowed to do that. Not do that. What is the point? What's the actual, Oh, you get points like this, like trying to figure it out. Uh, I apply that same way of thinking to an improv show.
1: I've been playing some very structured improv formats recently but I love the formats because they allow that freedom of play. And there's, there's other stuff there. One uh, is a, pl- a thing called Murder Village, which is basically an improvised murder mystery. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, there's a Miss Marple type character who, with the audience, doesn't know who the murderer and who the uh, victim is. Yeah. Uh, but, the, um, but the improvisers do. At the start of the mm-hmm. show, we poll the audience and go backstage just before the show kicks off and says, you're the victim, you're the murderer. So for the first uh, the first 40 minutes of the show, all we're doing is playing relationships that set up those sort of things like yeah we know who the murderer is so we've got to each of us make a uh some sort of uh you know relationship with them be it uh positive negative or whatever that could possibly hold some sort of suspicion yeah you know? yeah, yeah and so there's this there's there's rules there and direction but but there's so much freedom within it i've done that show probably i reckon 40 times in the last year or so and have Never repeated a thing, never repeated a, a, a plot line. It's just been an absolute delight, you it's know, so to, fun, yeah. to focus on those those characters. And another one that I've just done recently, but we did spend a good kind of six months working it up. Uh, was one uh, created by a, a colleague of mine called Jim Fishwick, named Jim Fishwick. If you come across him, work with him, he's a stunning, uh, amazing improviser. He did. Uh, he loves the mole, and he loves shows like Survivor and stuff like that, and. And, uh, and he was thinking, what, how do we make a show like that that isn't just a self-indulgent wank fest? You know? <laughs> like, and I've seen it's kind of like that idea of how do you turn werewolf into something that's interesting to watch? And yeah. so he worked on it a whole bunch. And the premise is that the uh, there are five improvisers on stage and right before the show one of you is told you're the mole, which means you have to make the show – not great but not get caught <laughs> doing it and so uh he and a friend built a website uh and uh, a very there's a a person live um, live reporting the show, and <laughs> the audience get to vote on their phones about who they think the saboteur is. Wow! Um, and uh, and then the way you get eliminated from the show is at the two points during the show. You take a twenty-second quiz on your phone in front of the audience while they're doing their quiz, and the <laughs> improviser who knows the least about the person gets eliminated from the show. So there's no random score or anything. You just have to go. <laughs> and during the show, during um the the rounds we have to go, I think it's uh Liam because he's acting real dodgy today or did yeah. you see that offer? And yeah. so if you make a mistake or if you do something that isn't great, people just jump on you for it. Because they right? think you're the mole. That's <laughs> pretty funny. And so it's, yeah, it's real fantastic. But again, it's a complex thing that I think is done really well by... by when, when it was starting to get work, there was so much going on. And all it did from that first rehearsal to the time it hit the stage was pull stuff out. Yeah, like, we don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need that. And maybe one or two things got added in, but a good ten things got pulled out of it. And I, I think that's a really good piece of advice for people starting out. Um, yeah, you know, pull it out, see what see what happens, see how streamlined you can make it to to allow yourself that fun and freedom within the thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's I think like okay, so we're we're coming up on like time to start wrapping up soon. Yeah, think, yeah, but but uh but let's let's just let's do this so let's start from the beginning we're gonna build a format yeah okay uh so where do you get your inspiration from like what inspires Uh, you for formats
1: i get inspired like most people by uh, external things be it music or style or poetry or uh, books or authors or things like that so uh I can give you a specific example and a sure, specific yeah. format if you like. Please. Uh, I love Haruki Murakami books. He's a Japanese author. Uh, he writes in kind of magical realism, surreal most of the time. Some of his stories are a little uh, more straight-laced, but generally uh, you'll end up in kind of worlds just off worlds or <laughs> yeah. or, or with very complex kind of interesting characters but his writing, or at least the translation of his writing uh, into English, is quite often beautiful and poetic. And I'll read a sentence or two and then just kind of stop and go, what yeah. a beautiful, what a beautiful thing. And like most improvisers, uh, I was inspired to create Murakami Prov, you know, like take the <laughs> things that I enjoy from Mur- Murakami and share them on stage. Um and i was like how do i do this because the audience aren't going to have that knowledge of the core chances are other improvisers that i asked to work on this are not going to have that knowledge of the of the core material so what is it in murakami that i enjoy and so it's the music of words it's it's the uh the beautiful language it's the surrealism it's the being able to go places that perhaps you can't Um, In the real world, it's being able to push through boundaries and things like that. Um, And so I extrapolated those things out of what I love about Murakami. So rather than doing Murakami prov, it was like, what are these things that I have now? So I had four or five things there. And I'm like, so how can I create something that makes these things sing to life? And what I ended up with was a format uh, called Zoom, which yeah. is, um, and I'd like to try. Maybe at the end of this series, we do an audio one because I always thought it would sure. do real well as an audio podcast. Uh, but Zoom, as it landed, was is a two-person uh, format uh, and a drummer as well on the stage, so a three-person format. Um, and uh, uh, and yeah, and what happens is you you talk the improv you talk the audience into a state of, uh, you basically go into a group meditation with them. And so you start in the theater, close your eyes, relax, the walls go away, the things go away, you're flying through space, and then you tell them to open your eyes, and there's two improvisers on the stage going, look here, you're floating above the earth, we're holding it in between our, uh, in between our eyes. And then you narrate yourself down into scenes, and you can narrate yourself into blades of grass talking to each other you can rena- narrate yourself to humans talking you can go down through walls and up and about and you know if you're thinking of you know those kind of one like Birdman or something like that those those single yeah. you know, air, air quotes single shot uh, kind of things and so the idea was to use all of those things I mentioned before from Murakami but find a structure that supported those things rather than to try to just do Murakami for an audience, you know? Um, so that became my Murakami prov format that I can explain to other people and they can get and see and feel and the audience, if we do it well, has that sensation by the end of the show, that I have when I read a Mokami book, you know, when I close the last page, which is that was a wonderful journey. We went to places, we met characters that I didn't expect to. It was a little bit surreal, a little bit wild, um, and unexpected. But you know, there was a beauty. You know, there's there's this kind of heart and beauty in there as well. And so that that's how I created Zoom. It's it's not like going. I I just want to do Bradbury Pro or I just want to do this and trying to mirror it it's like okay what's inside that that makes it important to me yeah. so uh, that's the advice I'd I'd give you is if you're trying to put something there or or do or, or give younger improvisers if you're trying to do something or, or or get up a format make those things a priority for you make sure you can verbalize them and always check off what whether it's serve whether your format is serving those things
0: yeah so so find that inspiration Mm -hmm. wherever it comes from usually an external force i'm with you the same thing hits me too that's where i get my inspiration from i see something and i'm like oh wow that's beautiful uh and then i'm like hmm how would i Uh, yeah and then giving yourself that clear goal like what are you trying to do with it what's the outcome uh like how do you want the audience to feel about it why are you doing this format? So that's two, yep. right? Uh, and then three, start with some rules, but then try and get rid of as many as possible. Yeah. So that you can achieve that goal and that feeling. Yeah. Leave uh, that, so that space for play. Leave that space for play. And don't make a rule unless you need a rule. Don't make yeah. a rule just because you're bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I love that. Yeah. The Skills. only other time, the other other plays I come up with formats, just a quick little uh, side, side note is by accident when I'm doing something else. Like I'll be doing, like I I did a lot of solo improv for a while. Uh, I still do sometimes. Uh, I was just at the solo festival in Amsterdam. Um, But uh, when when I was doing a solo show once, I was just very narration heavy. I do a lot of heavy narration when I solo because it's my way of interacting with the crowd and stuff. And so it's a very Mm -hmm. narrative show. But in one show, I narrated from a character perspective and did like a monologue that then ended up being the narrator for the whole show. And right. then from that, it slowly led me into this very, like, uh, this format of, like, a framed narrative where you have, like, a character in a place telling a story, and then they go back and become the younger version of themselves in that story. Mm-hmm. And so there's, like, these two stories. And so I kind of stumbled into that format. Yep. And now it's, like, it's hardly it's hardly enough there to call it a format. It's, like, a storytelling format, but it's, like... yeah. But, but that form kind of came out of those little happy accidents or those simple mistakes. And the reason I got into solo improv in the first place was because Ryan Beale couldn't show up for a show once. Yeah. And so he and I were doing a duo that turned out to be just me. And so I just did our show, but I played him as well uh, and Tried to make the choices he would make. And I was like, hey, that worked pretty good. <laughs> like, so it's well, like I, those happy accidents, right? I just did, after 25
1: years of improvising, my first solo show. Uh, A solo set Like a couple of weeks ago And the the reason Everyone says How come you haven't done it Up till now And the reason is Someone else always shows up To play with And I'm super (laughs) happy To play with them You know (laughs) I haven't really felt the need To like go I'm going to do this solo And I've seen my friends Do solo shows And do amazing work But I've always had Amazing people who I've wanted to work with, so <laughs> yeah. to, it 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 felt yeah, it felt interesting doing it, and it went well. I was very very happy with it, but it was. Um yeah, <laughs> it's interesting that you say. Well, even that, because-
0: that even that format that you did because you, you told yes. me about the show was inspired by something else. It was like a-
1: yeah, it was. Uh, so I, I, there's a David Mamet play called The Duck Variations, and yeah. it is uh, I've directed it a couple of times for student productions and and so forth. So I know the kind of context of it, and essentially it's two old people sitting on a desk, uh, a, a park bench, talking about ducks. But it, of course, ducks become metaphors for everything else, and, yeah. uh, and so I thought, well, that might be a lovely structure to have is just play two characters and get a noun from the audience. Uh, and so I got a single word and I said, I'm going to you're going to see as many variations as I can fit into 25 minutes. Uh, turns out I did about uh, about four or uh, I did five. Um and uh, and I'm going to play both these characters and it was heaps <laughs> of fun. It was really great. Yeah, it's such um, a such yeah, a great it was, format. Yeah, it was inspired by by uh, yeah by a David Mamet play.
0: Such a great format. Wow, what a great oh, format. wow
1: wow. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> such a genius.
0: That format really made the show
1: good. The, the format is awesome. You talking uh, about
0: the th- like your skills? Yeah, they were good, but the uh, format. <laughs> man, how did you come up with that format? Uh, David Mamet is
1: how I came up with that format. I know. It's such
0: a weird obsession people have with formatting. It's so weird. Like my next solo show is going to be, I've got it ready to go. I just haven't had a chance to do it, is uh, Improv in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Ah. (laughs) Where I'm going to have a motorcycle on stage (laughs) (laughs) that I control the lights on and i'm going to use it to light my own scenes and i'm going to turn uh, on a light from the headlight and go in there and do me just talking about philosophy about a made-up road trip i just think that'd be a really fun i think it'd be a really fun show to do i and mean is there i just explained the format to you so you know it now so you could steal it but go ahead please do uh, please do <laughs> it's just a format it, upload it yeah um, Oh, well, I,
1: I, I hope that uh, listeners have found some value in our conversation. I certainly have.
0: I think they um, did,
1: yeah. yeah so uh, thank you for tuning in uh, to the first of uh, – uh, we've got about half a dozen scheduled, but uh, yeah. you know, who knows? There might be more. And as I say, I'd love to experiment with a, a, an audio Zoom uh, as well to see how that, we'll see how that yeah. goes. We'll do So we're going to do
0: six and a bonus. Maybe even a couple bonuses, depending on how long this COVID thing lasts. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, But yeah, thanks, Jason. And uh, is there somewhere people can go to check you out online uh, that Uh, they can find things to do? Yeah, I have
1: two podcasts. One is me reading original uh, microfiction, short fiction, super short stories. Uh, It's called The Dictionary of Moments. You can also go to the Dictionary of Moments uh, website. Uh, You can head to the podcast page there and just play the episodes off the web. So if you are not subscribed to any podcasts, you can just stream it through your browser. Uh, And the other podcast I have is with uh, another couple of improvisers called How About This with Carl McConnell and Rick Brown, who many listeners may know um, as well. And it's just the three of us talking shit like you three white men talking shit
0: and uh <laughs> yeah. we have we have characters
1: and uh all that stuff you know uh uh there but it's uh, we're up to our 276th episode i think yeah, the five and a half years we've been going <laughs> So, um, it's basically our verbal diary. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, That's great. yeah, you can, you can check uh, out both of those podcasts. I'd super yeah. appreciate it. And you Dave? Uh,
0: well, I mean, I, I don't have any uh, podcasts or anything right now, but you can find out everything I do at Dave Uh, I'm updating it now because I got a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> so, um, so there'll be links up there to all the other stuff I do. Uh, and you can, uh, yeah, find me on the social medias, you as well, I'm sure. Uh, So thank you for tuning in, everyone, and uh, goodbye, Jason. Goodbye, Dave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect.